The Meddlesome Meeples present The Quest Report with Matt and Richard. Okay, welcome to our Quest Report. And this time, um, we're going to like, fulfil a promise that we made right back in the first episode where we said we would have a rant about Martians. Now that's a callback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Martians is a game by... I'm going to read these names. Krzysztof Walitski and Grzegorz Oklinski. We tried to play this a few weeks ago. And we had the instruction manual out, didn't we? And we had the entire game out, actually, on the table. And we started reading the instructions. Actually, you'd been reading them earlier on in the day and not really got very far with them. And it was just completely incomprehensible. And this has been actually translated from Polish, hasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. we can kind of tell that. But even without the slightly odd sentences, it was very difficult to understand what was going on. You know, we could see f- right from the start that there was likely to be problems here. I mean, one of the first things you see when you open the rule book is the newspapers. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's the newspaper segments, which are before the actual game. They're, not, they're just f- fluff, really, To give it they? a bit of story. Yeah. yeah. They're not essential to the game itself in any way, shape or form. Mm. However, you look at the first paragraph in the newspaper and it goes on for nearly three lines and then just starts right from the beginning again. <laughs> yeah. There's some really bad editing here. Actually, yeah, I, I noticed a few of that. Like, the the newspaper articles were really long-winded and didn't actually say much. Um, just as an example, um, the amended schedule and mission objectives include an acceleration of future flights thanks to raised funds. So that's just, it's a very strange way of putting it. Mm. And um, yeah, it doesn't it was, really seem like a newspaper. It was a very strong hint right from the start that there was going to be problems with this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but that in itself isn't isn't a problem, isn't it? It's once you get into the game setup, really, that it becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, and for example, when we were looking at the rule book and uh, how you set up the board and everything, one minute it's talking about the water treatment center mm-hmm. and the next minute it's talking about the water treatment station yeah. and it's just sort of like well this sometimes it's it's calling things by different names within mm. the space of a sentence we had no way to know if they were different things yeah if you're going to make a rule book you've got to get it right and it's not just it's not just about the translation here is it mm-hmm. it's it's just badly laid out Certain things yeah. are badly explained. Well, just for an example, um, there are different modes of playing this game. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite a good feature, actually. Um, that's actually one of my favourite things about this game, the fact yeah. that you can play it in different So styles. we have the solo mode, which probably would be quite good for getting to know how it actually works, wouldn't <laughs> it, really? You can spend as much time as you need. Um, then there's co-op, and then semi-co-op, where you're kind of working together, but your resources are your own and you can choose whether to share them or not. And then there's competitive. But what they've done is, for the instructions, you've got just all these different columns on each page for each, like, game mode. Yeah. So every time you um, are trying to find out if, like, what the rule might be for something, you've got all these little boxes. So that's quite useful when you go back to clarify a rule. But when you're actually trying to just read the, Mm. the instructions and learn how to do them... Start you're, with. You've um, also got the errata, haven't you? Yeah, there's the Which errata as well. Which comes uh, comes with the game. So they kind of knew that. Yeah, the they knew that the, the mistakes had been made, mm-hmm. and there's frequently asked questions. Well, there's 27 before the game's even released, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, there's all the various clarifications for 
certain pages and even with that that is still virtually incomprehensible at first well there's the fact that we didn't manage it that first time that, yeah. that kind of shows well I'd, I'd read so much of the rule book before you came around that time mm. and then we tried to sit down and work it out together which is something we sometimes do when we're looking at playing a game for the first time and then on top of that we then had to I mean we spent about an hour or two trying to get our heads around it and in mm -hmm. the end we just thought shove it let's play something else this is just making us mad <laughs> <laughs> and then we came said right well we're going to go back to this at a later time mm -hmm. so we went through the rule book again I think I went through it twice uh, we watched a video uh, with Rado to look at how uh, he did his playthrough of it. Yeah, and the video helped m a lot more than yeah. reading the rule book several times. Even though Rado himself, at times, was getting uh, was correcting himself as he was going along, wasn't he? Yeah, he was um, doing something. But it still made more sense than the rule book. <laughs> yeah, well, he he put little corrections on the screen. Yeah. So that really helped. his video was great actually. But we, yeah, we big thought, shout out. Yeah, I mean, we thought he could probably slow down a bit. He seemed to be rushing a lot. That's because um, he didn't. That's because he wanted to get away from this game as fast as he possibly could. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, <laughs> but I would be if his video had been like twice as long, but he kind of relaxed a bit. I would have still been quite happy to watch it. All. Yeah. Um, because it was quite good to see how it was played. I don't think if if it hadn't been for that video, we wouldn't have managed it even that time no, as well. No. And I think the thing is here, we've got to because we're going to be talking in in a few moments about uh, the game itself, mm -hmm. and I think. If you're designing a game, no matter how good the game is, you've got to get the rule book right. Because if this is incomprehensible, nobody's going to want to play your stinking game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the amount of people I know who backed this at Kickstarter were looking forward to it. And then as soon as they saw how bad the rule book was, they literally sold it on without even opening it. Mm. Because well, they just they, thought they, yeah. they didn't want to spend so much effort trying to learn how to play your game mm. you know a game... I do think they would have missed out on a good game by doing that well, but then it's not really their fault no it's the <laughs> fault of the company and yeah. if you're gonna as I say that getting your game rulebook right whether it's translation whether it's the way it's laid out the way it's mm. explained if you can't get that basic right you shouldn't be putting that game out yeah. because as I say otherwise you bury and hide a good game now there is a, an update from Redim, mm -hmm. uh, and this is a statement so I'll read this directly this is what they've said <laughs> forgive the grammar we are working hard on the new better rule book taking into consideration all suggestions of people have already played the game okay in other words they're looking at it mm -hmm. and we're going to be getting a new better rule book for this now hopefully that will be a rule book that won't make me that won't make me want to feed this to my pet wolf, <laughs> because this rule book is the single worst rule book I've ever had the mispleasure to have to sit and read through. That's okay. Something. Yeah, and I and believe me, I've seen some dodgy and questionable rule books <laughs> in my time. But the last thing I saw a book that bad, it had Stephanie Meyer's name all over it. <laughs> Now, let's. And I, I will say. Maybe she wrote this. When we, yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. Okay. And, <laughs> and I will say that underneath this atrocious excuse for a rule book is actually a decent game. 
Yeah, we, and I think that's such a fun. shame. It would have, I would have mm. been happier if I'd got through this, and the game itself was dreadful, mm. because then I would, I would have felt I can complain all I want about the rule book and feel yeah. justified in hating the game. I wonder how much we just enjoyed the game because it was quite exhilarating to have managed to get through all that. <laughs> I wonder how much we enjoyed the game because we were no longer reading the rule book. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's that as well. Yeah. So normally we start these videos by explaining, like the general rules of the game. But we thought this time we'd have to just explain that nobody knows how you play this game. <laughs> well, in fairness, we did eventually manage to figure it out, wasn't it? And once we'd done so we're that, one of the few. it was yeah. <laughs> it, it did have a nice flow to the game. There were symbols mm. on the board which helped explain, you know, what things cost and what you were doing. Uh, but to put it simply, the game is objective based, isn't it? You are yeah. raising resources and then you're sending them to the base quarters on yeah. Mars uh, to remove to cure diseases, to provide oxygen for your yeah. people, to provide food. And the way you do that is by producing resources, by taking actions on the board. Mm -hmm. uh, they give you resources. You then use those resources uh, to convert them to food, medicine, oxygen, by taking other actions. And then you yeah. send that to your quarters. And at the start of each round, you get uh, hunger tokens, um, oxygen tokens, and uh, disease the, tokens yeah. on the quarters, and you're going through trying to remove those while yeah. at the same time that, that is completing something an objective. That needed to be more. I don't think it should be called the oxygen token. It should be called mm. like the suffocating token, because <laughs> it isn't oxygen. It's lack the token of, of asphyxiation. Yeah. So they are privatives. These things it, it denotes. So the hung, hunger token that's a bit more obvious, but that oxygen mm. token I think that's a little bit misleading so yeah. basically because when I saw that at first I was thinking oh this puts oxygen into the building and yeah. actually we're trying to then get rid of that and I was thinking yeah. we're monsters trying to suffocate our people but that's <laughs> not really what we were doing so what, what it basically is is we are the second lot of colonists yeah. that have come over so the colony is already built on Mars and people have been there for a few years mm. and then we go there just find out what state it's in and just we have a different objective each time. So the one we did... Was and there are loads of these, aren't there? They're yeah, the, that the is box. a good thing. So we just did Dust Gremlins, which is, that's like the first one that you meant to do, I yeah. suppose. Um, and there is this Moxie module. No, this The Moxie V3 uh, generator. Yeah, that's it. And it has modules, that's it. So the Moxie thing, that produces the oxygen. So by going to there and using it, mm. using energy there, you get to take away these anti-oxygen symbols and then your yeah. people can breathe yeah. and then at the end of the round which is a good thing dies. yeah breathing is good. good yeah they should clarify that yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> i mean yeah. oxygen is the the you know the first thing the least thing mm. that you want from a from it a is really yeah and uh also in this scenario we were playing we as well as having to keep people alive and fed by getting resources to remove the tokens mm -hmm. we also had to fix the moxie generator because it was damaged mm -hmm. so we had to install new moxie modules yeah and there were a series of moxie failures and you had to install a new one for each one and there were five uh five four of those weren't there yeah so there were along this um this objective card there were the modules we had to repair so like why we were trying to mine and produce food and water like you you get water from you mine these little crystals and these are dirty ice yeah and then you have to put them through the treatment facility and like that's that's just to get the water and yeah. then you can synthesize the water into medicine that's quite yeah. like if everybody gets diseased that's it's quite difficult to cure yeah. it and so you you're doing this and now it's a 
a lot of this is basic worker placement, isn't it? In itself, yeah. at, at its heart, mm-hmm. it's a worker placement game. So and you have these little guys. Yep. That are the uh, your astronauts. They're kind of they would have been meeples, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like us, but, but you got the uh, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the Kickstarter. And you get three of these mm-hmm. in your player color, and you can end up. Uh, with a fourth colonist as well, can't you? As well as having your three yeah, workers. Yeah, we didn't, did we? But no, we didn't. <laughs> if you do but, really well, you can end up with a, a fourth one. Yeah, we didn't do that well. We did win the scenario, though. But they were dying and diseased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the moxie generator was working. Yeah. It's just there's nobody they had their to oxygen. provide oxygen They for. had their oxygen. Um, but yeah, we ended up beating the scenario. But um, one of the things that was interesting with this scenario as well was that you had, uh, until you'd fixed and installed certain modules, then you had uh, different random events that would come out mm-hmm. and that would cause you know certain effects yeah. based on which modules were still broken mm-hmm. uh, so that was that was a positive that was an interesting thing things i liked yeah. about this game i liked the time mechanic mm-hmm. i liked the way because you have 3 units of time don't you this is a great service that Matt's just doing to everybody <laughs> explaining what the time is on this game yeah. because they keep mentioning it in the rule book but I think there's one little sentence hidden somewhere that explains yeah. what it actually is. <laughs> Each player on their turn gets three units of time. Now, that can be modified by certain th- effects in the game, and you can get upgrades that give you an, an extra unit of time. But you get three units of time, and you put your meeples out. Now, that's not three times as in one per meeple. You can maybe take an action with a single me- one of your uh, workers, mm-hmm. or meeples, or, if, or astronauts, and in taking the action, you might spend one, two, or, th- or three of your time units. Mm-hmm. However, whereas, say, a lot of worker placement games, think of Lords of Waterdeep as an example, mm-hmm. uh, once you've got all your guys, on, all, your, all your meeples or workers on the board, at the end of the round, you get to take them back. Mm-hmm. In this, you have to take what's called a recreation action, <laughs> yeah. which is where you spend one unit of time to recall all of your workers. That's why it's called recreation. Yeah. I wonder if that's a mistranslation or something. There's probably There's... not that much recreation on Mars, <laughs> yeah. is there? Imagine they're just playing basketball on the way back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you spend your unit of time and bring all your workers back. So there's a lot of the time on your turn you're thinking about how you can get the most advantage from placing your workers on the board. Mm-hmm in order to spend the one unit of time because you don't necessarily spend that every turn because if you think well I've got this action I want to take and it's going to cost two of my time units I'm going to go there with that guy and then I'm going to take this action which doesn't cost time Mm -hmm. uh, and you may end up sometimes bringing them back halfway through the next round depending on what you want to do and sending another one out Yeah, so you've got to try and maximise how you use that time and I think that is an interesting mechanic Mm -hmm. I like the various modes uh, this, this has although I do think that with the competitive mode it would be very easy to go out of the game early on mm. and have to sit there for another two hours while people were playing this around yeah, you yeah maybe um, but I, the problem for me was that when we played this game I was still feeling quite hostile towards it because of how bad the rule book was I am mm. looking forward to seeing what Red Imp offer up as a new and improved rule book but as sure, I say, sure we'll review it. under under this, I'm, I can't. I'm not going to swear on this channel. Under this poor excuse of a rule book is actually a smooth game, a good game. Mm-hmm. It's quite versatile, has lots of different scenarios, and actually a lot of the production. 
quality is quite high, isn't it? We've got the mm -hmm. the 3D markers, for example. We've got the little astronauts. Um, we've also got, which came as an upgrade for the Kickstarter, we've got the 3D buildings, which add to oh, it yeah. because they just sit on the, on the map in place of the printed artwork, don't they? Yeah, that made it a bit nicer. And uh, all the tokens and everything are fine. I think the the thing is here, there is, if you've got the patience, or if someone in your gaming group has got the patience, to work through this rule book on your behalf, and then just summarise the rules and explain it to you and get you get you going, this is actually a game I think people would probably quite enjoy if they like worker placement. Yeah, if they like that, or if they like kind of hardish sci-fi anyway, because um, that, that's one of the nice things I thought about it. Um, I like the idea of colonising Mars and kind of mm. encouraging that kind of thing anyway and thinking about what kind of problems we'd have if we were to colonise Mars as mm. well. I mean, it's it's not just about like getting air and water. It's, it's mm. very, very dangerous. And like the effort you have to go to just to not have people die between rounds. Yeah. I think it's... I, I felt it, we were really kind of accomplishing something each time mm. we got to the next round and that's what I really enjoyed like you say the worker placement aspect of it it was quite different so mm. it didn't feel like just playing a different game like a game we already kind of knew but mm. on Mars um, it did feel like it's own unique type of game once we got into the game I did find it quite immersive I will say that you mm -hmm. know there has been obvious comparisons I think to, to terraforming Mars by Stronghold Games and I think once you've played it, you realise that is entirely down to the fact that they're both set on Mars. The actual two games themselves are completely different games. You know, then they don't really deserve a comparison at all. If you like, if you like terraforming Mars, that's no reason to think you will like this, and vice versa. Right. Okay. Though, personally, I do think components in this are a lot better than on terraforming Mars, but terraforming Mars probably has a, a better game. Mm -hmm. But as I say, if you manage to work through the rule book uh, and you get get through that, I would say that this is actually a decent game. It's mm. not what I I had thought. I'm probably going to get rid of this because of how bad the rule book is, how much it annoyed me. But you know what? This is going to stay in the collection. Yeah, good. Richard, what were your final thoughts on the game? Um, well, like I said, I really like the theme and I did enjoy it. And I think I would be interested to find out what it's like maybe as a semi-co-op or maybe a competitive but I do if I have the choice I do generally prefer cooperative mm. games than competitive ones because I prefer us all wor working together against the environment mm. rather than it makes being, it more social doesn't it yeah more social and a bit more immersive I think mm. because we're thinking about how we can actually overcome the problems we're going to be talking about that rather than thinking about what the person across the table might be thinking or thinking mm. of doing because that just takes me out of it just personally mm. so yeah I would yeah, like these, to... these, these views are Richard's and not the views of yeah <laughs> yeah that's it yeah no that's it only just if we've got the choice I do like yeah. playing competitive games well the but... thing is I like about this game is that you've, you've got the option you mm. can play it competitive you can play it cooperatively yeah. you can play it solo there's not that many games out there that have those four modes built into them. No, not many. Someone was asking me this week which, you know, what solo games would I recommend mm -hmm. that they could then play with other people if the opportunity arose. Yeah. And actually, I have to admit, this would probably make that list. Yeah. Provided that you could, again, you could get your head around the rule book. Now, it may be that once this new rule book comes out, that's not going to be a problem anymore. But if you do have this game, 
stick with it. <laughs> Don't let the rule book defeat you. If n- for no other reason than having the the pride and joy of saying I played this and I beat the rule book. That yeah, that was the real victory, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. More so than fixing that moxie generator. We read the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was our thoughts on this game. Mm-hmm. If you've tried it, if you've been put off by the rule book, uh, let us know in the comments what your experiences were. Thank you. Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell and keep thine axe sharp. <laughs>